Gen Z is the first generation that has never been lost. This isn't some glowing proclamation of how amazing the generation is, and this isn't a sermon tirade on this generation either. Gen Z has never had the opportunity to be lost. They are the first generation that has never lived without GPS. They have looked up everywhere they're going to go. They have known the entirety of the journey before it began. Now, in some ways, amazing. Less traffic, more efficient. We've all used this remarkable technology, and yet they have never departed on the road without knowing the entirety of the journey they were going to go through. What a shame. (laughs) What a moment of loss for that generation. Wandering the new streets of a city, discovering on the road to what's next, the anxiety and panic of trying to find oneself on the route. These are the moments of formative bond. With GPS, you don't just take a turn to see if the timing works. You don't commit to memory the same routes and and options which take you to the places that you know so dearly. Tech like GPS is a remarkable tool that has tackled head-on the obstacles of navigation, but while eliminating the experience of physically getting lost, it has led to another form of loss, a loss of discovery, a loss of adventure, or perhaps even self-reliance. There is also the perspective that we actually lose the familiarity of the places that we earned the knowledge. You talk to a New York City taxi driver, and they can speak to the heart of the city because they've drove every single street because they've committed it to memory. Learning routes from daily exposure of exploration that we ingrain a knowledge of a city. What's that old saying? It's not the destination, it's the journey. Have we robbed an entire generation of that experience? What happens to discovery when we lose mystery? Now, the concept of change isn't just one that I'm going to go off about. It's actually a scientific study as well. You see, the predominant notion of change is called homeostasis. The idea that we experience change by going from what we know to discovery and then grow and return to what we know, X to Y to X. That we return to a set point, this notion implies the idea that we need to return to what's familiar in order to process the change. But there's an intrinsic flaw in the method. If we insist on resetting to what we know, we reduce the effectiveness or even possibly take away any opportunity for change to set in. The problem is, this is the method we're familiar with. But in the 1980s, the concept of allostasis was discovered by a neuroscientist, Peter Sterling, and a biologist, Joseph Iyer. And allostasis involves maintaining stability through change. Allostasis is based on the idea that rather than being rigid, our healthy baseline is a moving target. Allostasis opposed to homeostasis. So instead of X to Y to X, allostasis is X to Y to Z. Allostasis is defined as the stability through change, elegantly capturing the concept's double meaning. The path to stay stable through the process of change is life-changing. If you hold, if you want a hold on your footing, you've got to keep moving. 
Now, Brad Stolberg, in an opinion piece in the New York Times, he shared the following insight about allostasis. The brain is at its best when it's constantly rewiring itself and making new connections. What we experience as a thriving and stable consciousness is actually a process of ongoing change. Overcoming pain, physical or psychological, is not about resistance, which, by the way, resistance can often worsen an experience, or trying to get back to where we were before the distressing event. It's about balancing acceptance with problem solving and moving forward to a new normal. A healthy response to change and disorder, whether it's in ourselves or our environments, is based on an allostatic process. And adapting this allostatic outlook acknowledges the goal of mature adulthood is not to avoid or fight or control change, but to skillfully engage with change. It recognizes that disorder, there is often no going back to the way things were. We have to be confronted with these issues. Now, we have. Over the course of the pandemic, no one got to reset to what they were. Change was inevitable. It happened. And via this shift, you came to view change and disorder not as something that happens to you because it happened to everyone, but something to work with. There's an author, Richard Rohr, who says it best. He called his book Order, Disorder, Reorder. He shared that progress is never a straight and uninterrupted line, but we have all been formed by this Western philosophy of progress that tells us it is. And that leaves us in a despair and cynical view when instead the reality is that to find this balance, we have to know the pattern goes like this. First order, trust the disorder, and sometimes even hardest of all, believe in the reorder. Now, technology, social media, consumerism, it all pushes us actually to a path of homeostasis. You see, that's what they need. We have to be predictable because technology needs to know what we need. Otherwise, they have to retool the whole algorithm. Facebook wants you to look at the same ads. The internet and the technology wants you to take the same routes because it makes it easier. And I'm not saying that technology is the bad guy here. What I'm saying is we have to remember that these are tools and that we have to remember how to engage with them. And if you think this existential crisis is modern, let's think again, we are the original origin story of being lost. If only Moses could have asked for directions, it wouldn't have taken 40 years. But what happens in that 40 years? In that 40 years, we are taught that we transform into a people. We grow from slavery ready to take on the challenge of our state. Our minds, our bodies, our DNA trauma all shifted in that 40 years of being lost. That 40 years wasn't a delay from the journey, a detour of disproportion. That 40 years was the journey of the Jewish people. Homeostasis is like the slaves of Egypt. No mystery. No discovery in their lives, only home to work and back home, needing consistency of their enslavement, even while knowing they were enslaved. There's a group that cries out to Moses, cries to bring them back to Egypt, begs and says, Moses, the cucumbers in Egypt were amazing. God is feeding them from the sky. And all they can think about are the cucumbers because... It's their known. 
They could return to what they know. They didn't have to be brave. They didn't have to think differently. Yet, prior in our text, in the story of creation, God literally forms a world of unknown from chaos and disorientation. Our story of creation is aliostasis. And it doesn't stop there. Jacob earns the name Israel, fermenting a lasting tradition of struggle and wrestling with our text and our tradition. Jacob's story is aliostasis. As a people, we have a storied history of finding stability in change, a story that comes with confusion or lostness. Now, our sages teach that it was the generation born during the wandering that actually that was the generation that could take on the chore of starting our storied history in the land. It was the group engulfed with discovery, the group that every single day had to meander and wander and find themselves that was ready to take on this momentous task. And the first rabbis of our tradition they take this mantle as well, converting an enthusiastic cultic tradition into a soul-based prayer, faith tradition, prayer for sacrifice, adapting to ensure that the Jewish people remained even once we suffered immeasurable loss of our temple. In this modern conundrum of technology, are we doing the opposite? The Jewish people are and have always been an aliostatic people, We have to continue that tradition. I found myself in moments of loss. There's immense beauty in being lost. When I feel the ground shifting beneath my feet, when I am face to face with loss, there's a tremendous value in these moments when we are not in control, where we're forced to rely on something greater than ourselves and find unexpected paths. It connects us to the bigger world. It's a spiritual connection to all of its existence. When we don't have these moments, we deprive ourselves of the grander connection. There's a sense of humility, vulnerability, even growth that we experience in loss, physically and metaphysically. It truly boils down to the question, how do you find yourself in a world if you can't be lost in the world in the first place? If we continue down the road of technologically assisted shortcuts and eliminate the ability to physically be lost, it will lead to an emotional or spiritual lostness. That isn't about technology as the issue. Once again, it's about our way of engaging in it. We have to be willing to embrace the idea that stability is ever-shifting. We have to disregard the idea that we must know what to return to. We must be willing to experience our routine moments with fresh perspective. Now, every year you all come here on these days of awe and your perspectives have shifted. Our spiritual journey may not even have a set point to return to, but instead we all are finding that footing in this consistent change. So that leaves us with a grand challenge today, a responsibility to find a way to use the technology we have to embrace the modern and beautiful discoveries and not lose the core of our people's experience. As a people who grew up in the wilderness, a people born from being lost. So in our time together, we must see our prayers, our kavanot, our intentions, our presence as building a spiritual skill set. 
push ourselves to develop skills to navigate a complex world. So here are a few skills. First, cultivate curiosity. Be open to new experiences and ideas that can have a wider range of possible solutions. Keep an open mind. Seek out diverse sources of information and perspectives. Adaptability. Be flexible. Allow one to adjust when circumstances change. The ground moving doesn't mean the ground has disappeared. We simply have to move with it. Empathy. If you cannot understand others' points of views, you are going to miss out on other routes you haven't figured out yet. You have to understand other people's perspectives. You have to understand and hear their stories because their stories might be the very ones that guide you to a new place of discovery. Build a strong network. No one can navigate this complexity alone. That's why we're here. That's why we find one another. That's why we crave that human interaction. Have a long-term plan. I'm not telling you not to, but have short-term flexibility. Be willing to take a turn that's different for the sake of figuring out a different way to get to where you need to go. Be willing to make mistakes. Realize those mistakes aren't mistakes at all. They're absorbing new knowledge. Every mistake you make is a piece of knowledge you never even knew you could have received. And lastly, relax. Develop an effective coping mechanism. Exercise, meditation, come to shul. We're here every week. Allow it to clear your mind. Now, just because we have GPS doesn't mean we need to use it every time we go out. So, sure, if you need to be on time, if you're really nervous that you don't know where you're going, but every time, next time you go to a place you know, take the side streets. Take one turn that your GPS was going to yell at you about and then get your way back there. Push yourself outside your comfort zone, but specifically the zone of never feeling lost because get lost. It is truly the purest way of finding ourselves. A constant guide like GPS might even undermine our ability to make those judgments. What starts with an actual road leads to a moral and spiritual dimension of roads less traveled. And just like our reliance on GPS, we sometimes look for exact directions in life, seeking answers from religion, community, authorities. But much like the rich experience of wandering can offer valuable lessons, so too can spiritual wandering. Go take a walk this afternoon. With no idea where you're going to go. Discover a new part of your neighborhood that's been sitting there waiting for you to notice it. Get in the car this week and drive somewhere without knowing where you're eating dinner. <laughs> That'll be a fun surprise, right? Some of you, really, I felt the tension immediately spike with that. <laughs> take a risk. Appreciate the wonder of the world. Do you guys remember the Thomas Guide? <laughs> that giant binder-like book of roadmaps and guidance for the responsible driver. When I was first learning to drive, we already had map quests. Don't do the math there. Yet my father told me I needed a Thomas Guide. And I had to understand how to read the Thomas Guide. I even opened the Thomas Guide a few times. When I was first driving, to understand a familiarity of place, first I would learn my route, and then I opened it and looked. 
our sacred text that we turn to each week, year after year, it's not spiritual GPS. It doesn't give us turn-by-turn direction. The Torah is a Thomas guide. It's a tool that requires us to engage actively, interpret, and sometimes get a little bit lost. Because then we find the deeper truths. Torah is not about providing us truth and mystery in the world, but rather give us the resources, the skills, the acumen, the wide lens to navigate whatever life throws at us. Like a map. It's not the answer. It's the full breadth of context. It's about that purview. It's about that ability to navigate without fear of being a little lost because a little lost is a divine gift. We must cling to the words of our tradition, cling to the words of our ethics to absorb every bit of beauty from that gift. We all must be brave enough to get a little bit lost, brave enough to not know the destination when we start the journey, comfortable enough with our own existence to not need to return to what we know, but use the comfort of what we know to forge forward, ready to embrace what we don't. Our tradition gives us all those different pathways, but we have to take the faith to walk those different paths. We are in desperate need of getting lost. We deserve it for ourselves. We deserve it physically. We deserve it spiritually. It is a rite of passage for personal and communal growth. Embrace uncertainty and change as an avenue for achieving an aliostatic life. Torah rewards those who dive in who jump into its full complexity and get lost and frustrated along the way. Our tradition has a prayer of travel. Many of you may have heard it before. It's the Tifilah Haderach. When I was moving to Israel at 17 and a half years old, I get on the first day of my trip, they gave us a credit card size of Tifilah Haderach. Said, put this in your wallet. May God be a part of your journey. I carried that in my wallet until it was practically dissolving. I found myself moved this week to reimagine the words of that prayer and instead contextualize them in the understanding of our Jewish aliostatic journey. Let us not lose the beauty and necessity of getting lost as part of our spiritual and personal growth. We can hear these words of our tifilah haderech not just as a prayer of safety and physical return, but as a blessing for our internal and spiritual journeys that we're all going to undertake in this future year. Because sometimes that chaos, the void, the lostness is exactly where we need to be, just as the universe itself was born of those same truths. May we all find the moments of most pure growth in loss, May we remain open to those experiences, open to growing and changing from all the experiences we have. May we be secure in the knowledge that these two are part of a divine plan, an open invitation to discover deeper truths and richer experiences. I want to invite you again to close your eyes. Allow the words that I'm going to share to flow over you. That the spiritual journey of the high holiday season inspires us to know the infinite possibility of life's journeys. Yehiu ratzon mil fanecha, Adonai Eloheinu velohe avotenu veimotenu, shechet lochenu leshalom vetazrenu lachgia limchoz chovtsenu lechaim ul simcha ul shalom. 
ushmor tetzenu uvo enu vetazlenu mikol tazra vetishlach berachacha bechol maase yadenu umaasenu yichadu et shemecha baruch ata adonai shomer yisrael laad. May it be your will, our God and God of our ancestors, that you guide us in peace and help us to reach our destinations safely, joyfully, and peacefully. May you protect us on our leaving and on our finding center. May you join us in our journeys throughout this life. Give us the capacity to find ourselves in an ever-changing discovery, stability in the constant shifts of life. May you bless the outcome of our constant holy struggle, and may our destinations be worthy of the holiness of our journey. Praised are you, Adonai, the gifter of discovery.